Greetings, everyone. Welcome to episode 93 of the Finger Guns podcast. How are you doing? My name is Roscoe. I'm joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. We're laughing because we have just edited a very inappropriate intro that Ross caused. What's wrong? Yes. It, no, because if you have to explain it, then you might as well keep it in. And I don't want you to keep it in because you just branded me a terrible person. I didn't. You implied it. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Back to yes. work tomorrow. Yay. Yay. How, how much time off have you had already? Oh, it's at the weekend off. Oh, okay. But I savor the days. Cool. And probably the only person in the UK who was, it was a human that actually did manage to get a PS5 this week, Toby Anderson. Whoop, whoop. Yes, I did. He's done it. He's finally, done finally. It. There were there were two thousand people or so who got PS fives. I don't know how many got caught by scalpers, but on from Very, and I was one of them. Wow! So psyched, so happy. That's awesome. and I've got it. It's actually arrived yes, within. I'm happy it, for you. It, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it arrived within a week as well. They said it was going to be like the nineteenth of February or something, and it came within a, like you know four or five days. Can I ask you your reaction when you uh, saw it in the flesh for the first time? I didn't even know it was that that was what it was because it came in a completely nondescript box so that no one would replace it with a toaster, I'm assuming. Um, and then, yeah, when I got it back into the house, I was just like, oh my God, the PlayStation 5 has arrived. This is ridiculous. I did see um, it said dispatched like the day before, but it still said the 19th of February. So I was like, what does it mean dispatched? Is this real? Um, so yeah. And then I did a, I was going to, I was I'm mean, ignoring everything and unboxing, and I was like, "You're too late, Toves. It's two months late." <laughs> <laughs> um, but my manager was like, "You should have done an unboxing. I would have watched it." I was like, "Oh, that's nice." Um, but still, <laughs> I got it out. It is a behemoth. That's the craziest. It's just so big. Indeed. I've, I'm. <laughs> it's on. It's on. It's. It's like vertical next to my TV, and um, my wife is sort of looking at it, going. Does it have to stay there? I was going to say, is she doing that? <laughs> Does it really need to be there? Can it be in the yeah. garage? Could it be in a drawer? No, <laughs> um, like, it's got to have ventilation. It, it needs like space around it for the airflow and stuff. <laughs> She's like, right, right. But she does like the um, she does like the black, white, and blue thing. We just recently got some other stuff that was black and white, like other equipment and um, a kettle that shines little blue lights, just like the PS5 shines little blue lights. So it's working. It's working. Awesome. I think she'll think she'll like it. Fantastic! Uh, it's just three of us tonight, so it's a going to be a Swish podcast going through the week's uh, daily news, and we'll get back to uh, quizzes and indie corners and things like that next week. So we'll kick off with the game of the week. This is Greg Hicks, your game of the week. It's kind of largely very much one hundred percent similar to last week's one. But very briefly, I'll just, I'll just quickly skim over the games I've reviewed this week because they're all getting positive recommendations from me. Cyber Shadow that I've reviewed, everyone should play. It's bastard hard, like Ninja Gaiden style fun slash annoyance. Elysia, which is another Devolver game, which is very minimal with storytelling and pixel, like properly, properly minimal. It looks like another world, but platforming. And Disjunction, which is like a stealthy top-down sneaky game and my review for that is coming soon but yeah they're, they're my three review games this week which i've been playing and they're good but no my game of the week is still hitman 2 and i'm really just enjoying the the structure of it and i'm not going to talk too much about it because i went in depth last week but every time i replay a level and try new challenges and new starting points 
the actual organic worlds of the levels are great. I hear guards talking about things that you wouldn't normally pay attention to because you'd be too busy trying to ignore them or, you know, either kill them all or sneak by them. So the world, each individual level is its own, like, dynamic sandbox type thing. That sounds really wanky because it's not a sandbox, but you know what I mean? Like, it's got its own lived-in environment where, like, everyone acts accordingly and it's not the same scripted conversations that you would see on different, like, on the same level. Uh, hang on. Same scripted conversations that you would see carried across the levels. It's all unique to the level they're in. So yeah, I've just been taking my time and going back and doing like harder difficulties for trophies and that kind of stuff. So yeah, largely unchanged from last week. And obviously I've been streaming as well. So I started the medium, played Resident Evil 2 last night and still playing Alien. So yeah, but my game of the week is still Hitman 2 just because it's so damn big. And it's getting me in like, I want to get more done out of it before I go into Hitman 3. Yeah, yeah. And I want, you, by the time I finish with Hitman Two, then hopefully Hitman Three will come down in price. Yeah, Hitman games have a tendency to do that, don't they? They don't stay full price for long. Yeah, yeah you said that last week, and you're right. It, like, I, well, I think Hitman Three might for a bit because it's done really well. I think like the momentum of the new trilogy has come back round to being like a top, uh, like a top tier stealth game again. Because obviously Hitman 2016 was very divisive with its um, like mission structure. You know, it was like episodic. Mm-hmm. I think I pissed a lot of people off. And then Hitman 2 went back to IO over Square. And they were like, no, we're doing the full game. But everyone was still doing a bit like, yeah, but there's loads of DLC and there's expansion packs. Everyone was a bit wonky about that. And I think momentum has finally picked up now. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm still waiting for it to drop. I mean, there's so much to do in 2 and I've got all the DLC to play as well. So Yeah, plenty to keep you busy. Oh, yes. Fantastic. Mr. Serby Anderson, your game of the week is Astro. Is that Astro? Say it's Astro. It's got to be. How, how, how could it not be? Astro will be the honourable mention. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously I've got PS5. So I've been playing um, Miles Morales Ooh. and Astro's Playroom. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Um, the... You're going to asterisk every sentence in this podcast with, yeah, so I've got a PS5. And yeah, I'm it's just every time, every so time Tony runs it here. <laughs> I got a PS5 this week. <laughs> so I got a PS5 this week, and I really had thoughts about the game. I'm going to throw it in right in the middle of when Greg's talking about something later. <laughs> it's not like you to interrupt me. <laughs> um, so I've been playing that, obviously, but um, I wouldn't say that I've had enough time on either of them to really um, give them my game, my game of the week. Um, I do like Astro's Playroom, though. Very much fun. Um, it's, it's, it's like the little artifacts that you find of the old PlayStation stuff is making me just miss the PlayStation days of old. Like, I, I got a little PSP artifact um, earlier today, and I was just like, oh, I miss my PSP. Um, I really loved the PSP. Anyway, um, first announcement is I completed Sekiro yesterday. <laughs> so uh, I actually God, finished... They let anyone into this club, don't they? Yeah. Um, I, I I can't say I'm really st- any good at it still. I'm I'm using most of the terrible tactics I can. Um, but yeah, I've, I've some of the bosses I've had to get them really really good at in order to get through. You just there was just no way around it. I did um, um, I did have to laugh when you messaged me earlier and said you did the cheese strategy on Demon of Hatred. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so proud. I thought uh, you because that... you because you pipped me to the post with the Bloodborne um, platinum. I thought you could be like, I did Demon of Hatred properly. But when you said I cheesed it, I was like. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I'm so proud that you took the I tried a couple of times. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I didn't jump straight into it. Man, he is just... And he's got three tiers of health. Yeah, man. Stupid. When you see anyway. the cheese strategy, and you, you, when he gets stuck, did you yeah. have a little moment? Yeah, you, get, you get him <laughs> stuck, and then he drops off a cliff. Because you can do the same thing to um, Gyobu. Yeah. Yeah, but obviously with, with the Demon of Hatred, when you get stuck, it's just like you've got all the time in the world. I quite like fighting um, Gyobu. Gyobu's fun. My name! Yeah, he just screams at you. Um, anyway, so that's done. I'm going to go back and do another playthrough. Play um, but uh, yeah, hopefully a little bit less secure talk from now on with it actually finished. Um, but my game of the week is uh, East 9 Monstrum Nox, um, just simply because it is the game I've put the most hours into. I've, I've almost gamed myself sick of it um, this week. I've played 30 plus hours of that game in one week. Um, and yeah, just trying to finish it really so I could have a proper opinion about the ending. Um, because East games generally start pretty slow and they can be very mundane to start with and this one was no exception um but then once it got into the sort of halfway point and then it really starts to get some steam and it starts to be really fun and quite clever and interesting rpg at the end of it but you've got to get through this boring stuff at the beginning um it's still got a good battle system it's still you know a, a, a solid rpg or jrpg but i'd call it competent next to things like Final Fantasy or Persona, it's not that level. It's more like sort of poor man's tales or something. It's not it's not the best RPG ever. I think it averages around a seven, you know, a seven out of ten sort of a game. Um it's got although this particular one I was looking on Metacritic got slightly better reviews than than the previous ones, but um not from me. I gave it a seven out of ten. <laughs> um but that's you know, still a solid game that I, that I definitely finished and was quite happy to finish. So yeah. That will be my uh, game of the week. If you are missing RPGs or haven't got a new one on yet, it will fill a hole, but it's just not going to be the best of the genre. Yes. 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 <laughs> and what about you, Roscoe? What is your game of the week? My game of the week, um, I decided to go into the archives uh, this week as um, I feel like I'm in a bit of a lull right now. So I thought I'd, I'd jump back into Game Pass and I opened up Rare Replay, of all things and jump into some of the old rare stuff that I haven't played before. Kind of, um, I go on about not having a PlayStation growing up, and I was very much an N64 kid. And I realized that there's still, there was there was a big gap in my kind of history. So I was spending most of the week playing Conqueror's Bad Fur Day. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah. Did you fight the shit? Doesn't doesn't handle very well, <laughs> does it? Oh, no, it doesn't. It's awful. But it's very good at the same time. Um, it's still to this day. I'm, I'm amazed that Nintendo even allowed it to happen. To be honest, yeah. on oh, yeah, the uh, sure. on on the S54, I think Rare were at such a peak at that point that they were probably allowed to do whatever the hell they wanted. And uh, Nintendo just went, yeah, just make anything. And Bad Friday came out. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's really fun. It's it's a reminder that we have come a long way in terms of camera control, visuals. And you know, just just handling in general, really, it's uh, it's a very N64 game for that reason. Obviously, you can't control the camera, so it just follows you. And it's something that you have to rewire your brain to 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 remember to not do. If you know what I mean, it's like okay, I can't control the camera, but I really want to. And so your, your right thumbstick is always trying to jump back in. But it's very funny, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of crude humor that even as an adult, I still find mildly hilarious and it's just it's funny that it's just even a game that it even, that it even exists as a thing and um 
yeah, it's tough as well. It's tough as balls. You kind of forget back in the day, it wasn't easy for these for us gamers to play video games without wanting to throw things and and stuff. And it's it's not easy to find walkthroughs because I got really stuck at one point. I really don't know what to do here. So I had to jump on YouTube and find a walkthrough. And thankfully there was one there, but it was recorded off like an old CRT TV, which I thought was quite funny. But yeah, it's great. I mean, I've been playing that. I played some Blast Corps. Blast Corps, sorry. And uh, yeah, that wasn't my favorite of the uh, the old Rare games. And then I jumped into Grab by the Ghoulies, which is an uh, an original Xbox game, wasn't it? That I I, I missed that one. And it was yeah, fun. It was, it was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all right. It's all right. It was um, yeah, very rare in terms of like visuals and humor. You can, you can tell that it was their their kind of style, but. Yeah, no, it was fun. And I've got cameo elements of power to play at some point. So yeah, just lots of rare replay. And I've been really enjoying it. Sounds and, good. And and as a quick aside from last week when we were debating who is the next uh, big old character to join Fortnite, uh, they just added uh, Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. So that's your next guy. I know you two don't care at all, but someone somewhere. Might might be wanting an update on that. So there. Going from when you go from Marvel to Snake Eyes from GI Joe, that's a bit of a jump. Yeah, they're doing a like a hunter theme. Is he the ninja this season? Uh, yes. Right. Yeah, I'm assuming uh, Sean is uh, Sean's crazy about GI Joe, so yeah. I think I think he'd get very excited about it. He's probably already paid the V bucks for it, to be honest. <laughs> but so, yeah, it was, I thought it was Paul who loved GI Joe. Yeah, that could get. That could get pulled into Fortnite if I tell him the wow. Snake Eyes is in it. Or he could just play the G.I. Joe game that he reviewed. <laughs> that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I remember so, yeah. Con- Conquest Bad Fur Day was just, it was like the thing that we weren't allowed to play. Like that, yeah. that's how that's how long ago it was. And my mate had it and we all just went round his house to play it. And I remember fighting the shit boss that was made, that was just completely uh, made of yeah. shit. Um, the great mighty... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and um the matrix bit where you where you're flipping around like you're oh, in the matrix yeah. lobby yeah um and yeah just a few little memories of it just being like oh my god <laughs> he's swearing and he, and he's making all these terrible jokes I just, yes See, I, I never as knew, a kid <laughs> i never knew well I, I didn't play much diddy Kong racing so i never knew conquer because he had a game boy game as well didn't he? i never knew him as like the happy little squirrel so when it was uh, bad fur day i just thought that was conquer yeah same here i had never played a previous conquer yeah, game. absolutely Oh, the innocence of youth. How funny. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's keeping me entertained. Oh, good. Uh, right then, let's jump into a little bit of both barrels. This is where I jump into the week's gaming news very, very quickly, and then we settle on a big topic right afterwards. So sit back, relax, and enjoy both barrels. Rare's cancelled Xbox Live Arcade remaster of its seminal N64 game, GoldenEye, has been revealed in its entirety via a two-hour playthrough video. The video, published on the YouTube channel of GoldenEye 007 content creator Grazlu00, shows the full game played on double O agent difficulty in 4K resolution at 60 frames per second, with 30 minutes of multiplayer at the end. The footage shows GoldenEye 007XBLA running on an emulator to achieve the higher resolution. In 2007, Microsoft-owned Rare developed an HD remaster of its N64 classic to be released on XBLA, but copyright disputes saw the project shuttered before the video. Only 30 minutes of footage of this game ever existed. Ubisoft is throwing open the doors to Roller Champions. It's free-to-play team-based skater next month, with a European-exclusive closed beta for players on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. 
Road of Champions, if you're unfamiliar, is Ubisoft's stab at creating the kind of rockers knockabout sports mashup that's made Rocket League such a perennial favorite, and it plays something like a fast-paced hybrid of competitive roller skating, hockey, and football. Each game sees two teams of three players hurling around a track in an attempt to wrestle the ball from one another. When the ball is finally in the team's possession, they need to complete at least one lap before pelting it into the goal. Additional points can be earned by holding onto the ball for multiple laps before taking a successful shot. The beta starts on February the 17th. Returnal is delayed to the 30th of April 2021, Sony has announced. Housemark's PS5 exclusive was due out on the 19th of March. In a tweet, Sony said the delay will give the developers more time to polish the game. SIE and Housemark have made the decision to move the release date in order to give the team extra time to continue to polish the game to the level of quality players expect from Housemark, Sony said in a tweet. Netflix has snapped up another iconic video game property to add to its increasingly teetering pile of animated TV adaptations, with the streaming service this time having set aside some globe-trotting iconologist Lara Croft and the Tomb Raider franchise. The latest Tomb Raider adaptation is being produced in collaboration with Legendary Entertainment and will pick up after the events of Lara's recent video game trilogy, developed by Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal. Exactly how far or far those events is currently unclear, meaning we could end up with anything from the prequel trilogy's perpetually anguished Lara to the considerably more charismatic protagonist of the earlier games. And finally, owners of Control's Ultimate Edition have called for refunds on PS5, where the next-gen version of Remedy Stylish Shooter will now launch as part of February's PS Plus lineup. Some fans say they purchased the Ultimate Edition alongside their PS5 and have never downloaded or played a controller on a PS4. The Ultimate Edition, as you may recall, is the recent version of Control, which unlocks the shiny new next-gen edition on the 2nd of February. Now, these fans, who in some cases double-tipped on a, re- on a second copy of the game to get its next-gen upgrade, have asked for their purchase to be refunded, since the first time they will get to play it on PS5 will be the same day as it launches on PS Plus. There's additional disquiet from fans who point out that Control's Ultimate Edition was on sale earlier in January something which will have driven sales of the game only a few weeks before its announcement on PS Plus, though this is not the first time such things have happened. Whether a customer is granted a refund is the decision of the platform holder, such as PlayStation rather than the developer or publisher, in this case Remedy or 505 Games. PlayStation Store have a 14-day refund policy for game purchases, add-ons and other content, providing you have not begun downloading or streaming the content in question. For pre-orders, you can cancel at any point until the game launches or up to 14 days after if you have not begun downloading or streaming it. And that, my friends, is both barrels. Do you think control people should be getting refunds? In regard to what, not knowing it was coming out on Plus about a week after they bought it. Yeah, I mean, we spent a lot of, a lot just, of, a lot of time uh, going, oh, Control aren't doing a, a, a free upgrade for, PS, for, for PS5 owners and stuff. Yeah. And now it's free. So Yeah, that aspect is a bit annoying, the whole free upgrade thing. But if you've bought it on a sale and then two weeks later it's announced as, as a freebie, you'd be annoyed. But you just take your licks and go, oh, balls, that's annoying. I've done it before. I bought films and records and all kinds of stuff. Or like even like jujitsu geese and you go, yeah. The well, difference here is that they can't buy it. They can't play it or use yeah, it yeah, yeah, before yeah, that date, isn't it? I know, I know. That's, I was, I'm talking more Get about the that. annoyance of... <laughs> Give it, yeah, give me a <laughs> I said, what did I say at the start about it's not like you to interrupt? I got a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> From the side of buying it and then going, ah, piss, like two weeks later it's coming out as free, then yeah, that's annoying, but you shouldn't be entitled to it. Same with the whole like cyberpunk thing where people are going, I want a refund, but I still want to play the game. Like, no, like that's just unfortunate. But um, I'll let Toby take over what he was going to say with the uh, 
accessibility side of things. Um, I think yeah, the, the 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 slight issue is that it's not it's not actually out yet, right? So it's it's like a pre-order. You're not you, you've not actually got that game, the ultimate edition. Whereas you can play Control. If it was just Control, then sure they wouldn't be able to have their refunds. But I think there's a there's a slight argument for it in the fact that the game isn't even out yet. So you could cancel it just like you cancel the pre-order. I think they should treat the refunds like that. Um, I think it's it's the same thing with a couple of games that have come to PS Plus. Um, you know, you, know you, you you sort of you see them going down and down and down the sales. You know, like they get from fifteen pounds to ten pounds to five pounds, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, I really should buy this game, and then just just wait that one bit longer, and it'll be free on PS Plus like two months later. And I'm just waiting personally for Death Stranding to do the same thing. There's they've been going down to fifteen quid and even less than fifteen quid, and I'm just like, Death Stranding, it's an exclusive. It will be on PS Plus very soon. You think? Yeah. Wow. Why wouldn't it? I don't know. I suppose I suppose we get conditioned to thinking about what games would be, quote unquote, a PS Plus game. And I don't know if Stranding is. I mean, I suppose Bloodborne's been a PS. Bloodborne Plus. has, yeah, exactly. It's very similar to that sort of thing. Yeah. In terms of audience, at least. I mean, Death Stranding didn't sell didn't sell gangbusters, did it? So they might just do it as a push. But then it was too sort of yeah, man. like it was too like auto a game to. The, the the slight weird thing is that they are bringing out this um, expanded edition of Death, Death Stranding. Yeah. So it's possible I may be jumping the gun slightly. But um, no, I'm holding out hope. I'm not playing it yet. You just don't <laughs> anyway, that's not Stranding control. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to pay for it. I, wanna, <laughs> I just want to try it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just true. really not sure I'm going to like it with all its walking simulator stuff. Yeah. Anyway, that's not control. Sorry, I changed the subject. I know Paul's not going to like it, but he's, he's always teetering on the edge of buying it. What? Control Death Stranding? Uh, Death Stranding. Oh yeah, no, because he um he said about control, didn't he? He was like, oh, I almost bought that. Yeah, so he's, I, he's I, in the perfect position. Yeah, because I was saying, I keep saying like it is a good game, and uh, yeah, it's a good thing that obviously, yeah, he's just saved twenty four quid. I think what you said it was on sale the other day. I got it for fifteen quid. Oh, not the not the ultimate edition though. I have three versions of it now. <laughs> so I got the PS4 version, the Xbox version, and then the um PS uh, the PC version because it's obviously games with gold, isn't it? So. And you can have a PS Plus version soon as well. Woo. Right then, Tobes, are you ready to talk stonks? Stonks. This is yeah, do you want me to do this in the voice brain. of Margot Robbie there the whole time? Is that what you want? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, if you can film yourself in the bath as well, that would be okay, great. Okay, cool. No, I'm not going to do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. we're, we're, we're going to try and talk through what the bloody hell has been going on with GameStop and Reddit taking down Wall Street this week. Because, Indeed. my goodness me, it has been quite the story. And I am not smart enough to explain it to you, so I'm going to hand it over to Toby. <laughs> go for it! <laughs> I really don't think I am as well, but I'm going to give it a go. Um, so, the first thing to understand, I suppose, is that it's, this is nothing to do with video games. It's just the fact that it's GameStop, okay? So, no new services, no new rallying of games retail business in the U- US. GameStop's just the focus. Um, but it's not really about games at all. But why are we covering it? Because you know we would cover it if GameStop went under, just like we're covering it, that GameStop stocks are going insane. So um, instead, this is a story about uh, Redditors, and I'm going to class the Redditors as the little guy uh, sticking it to the hedge funds, the man, uh, using a failing video game store's stocks to do so. Okay? So stop me if, you don't, if, if we're going too fast or this isn't making sense, but... Um, the basics are that Melvin Capital is a large hedge fund um, that was shorting stocks in GameStop. Okay, so this has been going on for a few months. 
um, but it came to a head um, obviously over the course of last week. Shorting is when, and, and when it works in Melvin Capital's favor or a hedge fund's favor, means when you borrow a share from a broker and then sell it immediately to someone else, you then wait for that share price to fall and then you buy back your shares at a lower price. I'll give you an example in a second. Then you return the original borrowed share that you had to the broker and you pocket the difference between the two. Okay, I appreciate that doesn't make sense straight off. Say you borrow a share for £10 from a broker, right? You then sell it real quick to ten, for £10. I sell it uh, to Greg for £10. Then wait for that price to fall on the stock market and the, on, on a failing stock like GameStop was, and it falls down to five, right? The day, that, the, the day comes when I then owe that broker back the stock that I'd borrowed. So I buy it back off of Greg for five pounds because now it's only worth five pounds and I return it to the broker. But in the meantime, I've made a five pounds profit. Okay, so that's, that's how shorting works. It's basically betting on falling stocks and how much they're going to fall by so that you can make a profit of that much money. So in the case of GameStop, what's interesting is that hedge funds haven't been able to, you know, haven't been left to their own devices to make that profit in peace. Instead, the Reddit group Wall Street Bets, um, who have over 3,000 members, um, have noticed the shorting position, quite a large shorting position that a few hedge funds, including Melvin Capital, have taken before they'd made the profit back, right, and bought, and, and bought back the shares. So mainly in order to stick it to hedge funds, May, that many of them blame for the financial crisis many years ago. They brought as many shares as they possibly could, as many shares as were available to buy on the entire stock market, basically. So between them, those 3,000 people bought every single GameStop share that was going, right? So this drives up the price, makes them all lots and lots of money. Everyone gets, oh, hold on a minute, GameStop shares are going up. They start buying them as well. These Redditors can then sell theirs because everyone starts to find that the you know that they're, they're jumping on the bandwagon this entire process is then hurting the hedge fund this is the point and this is about um monday when elon musk starts getting involved rallying more and more people saying you should buy stuff in this it's great you know we're sticking it to the hedge funds i think he just wrote game stonks or something like that on his on his twitter he literally wrote game stonks game yeah. stonks yeah um the price then starts going higher and higher and higher more and more people are getting involved there's thousands and thousands of other americans now f using free money their their sort of 600 dollar stimulus check to buy more and more shares right the original Redditors are out at this point, right? They've all made probably millions. Loads and loads of those of them are up. They're not still involved. So then we get to Tuesday, Tuesday 26th of January, um, and then comes the time for the hedge funds to buy back the shares that they needed to give back to the broker, right? But instead of being down, those shares are now skyrocketed to dizzying heights. They're now worth, you know, like 2,000% what they were worth before. Instead of the price they paid, say, you know, £10, like we said in our example, they're now worth £50, for example, right? And the hedge funds have done this with thousands and thousands of shares, way more than were actually readily available on the market. And they can't buy any more and they can't change their position because the Redditors have bought everything. So the stock market, and the stock market is a lawless mess as well, which is why they were able to buy more shares than were actually available. So they're then forced to buy back all these shares at a ridiculously inflated price. The total price of that came to something like $13 billion, which is more, worth more than the hedge fund itself, this Melvin Capital one. And basically, everyone thought they were going to go bankrupt at that point. I'll tell you what happened to them in a second. But um, So this whole process is called a short squeeze, where someone else is coming into your short position, 
that you've done that you're trying to make a profit on and then they squeeze you and, and, and stop it from working. It's not a new thing at all. Financial institutions do this to each other. They've, you know, they've been doing it for many years, but they rarely do it to the point where they would bankrupt each other and they rarely do it where they would make the news because otherwise, you know, we all, we're all be onto them um, and they're, they're strange and horrible practices that they get up to. Anyway, so that was the middle of the week. Since then, it's just gone completely crazy. The Biden administration in the White House has got involved saying they're monitoring the practice. The Robinhood and IG apps uh, that people have been using to do this have banned and then reopened and then banned and then reopened trading in GameStop um, up to Friday. Melvin Capital borrowed $3 billion to stop itself going under from other hedge funds. And the Redditors have moved on. They're now targeting other hedge funds with large short positions, uh, such as in AMC Cinemas in America and Nokia Phones. Soon, uh, a lot of people are thinking that the market is going to correct itself and this inflated share price will fall dramatically over probably next week, which will then lose a lot of normal people, the money that they put in. Remember I said that the uh, Redditors are already out. They've already made their profits. So it's all the people who've got in afterwards and they're too late, but they've got on the bandwagon. They've bought quite high and they've, it's only gone up a little bit for them. If they'd used more than their stimulus check or they'd use savings or all that kind of stuff, then you know they, they're, out to, they're probably likely to lose money at this point. The finance guys uh, talk about the shares sort of finding their actual worth, um, and that's you know that's what they're expecting to happen uh, next week. Um, and then you've got the really fun stuff, which is where other people are getting involved now, trying to. This is other hedge funds mostly looking to short the stock now that it's high. So they're trying to do what was the, what was the wrong practice at the beginning, and do it again now that they know it's going to fall again. Right, so they're betting that it's going to fall, then they can make a profit on it during the falling process, selling it lower, making a profit, just as we explained at the beginning. So the process is becoming quite difficult to do that as well because the pro the brokers aren't giving anyone a short position on GameStop shock, uh, GameStop stocks, and basically Wall Street is really angry about the whole thing. So the masses are playing them at their own game and doing it quite maliciously trying to bankrupt these types of businesses and these hedge funds profit on other businesses failing and stock falling and stuff so it's difficult to really feel any sympathy for them um wall street basically are accusing the redditors of manipulating stocks saying it's illegal but wall street bets the redditors um, and, and the little guy argue that it's just mass organization rather than any kind of insider trading and i'll finish off with um what was really fun is that yesterday um a chap called Jordan Belfort, which you may remember, is the guy whose memoirs were turned into the film The Wolf of Wall Street. He began tweeting about this yesterday. Um, you'll remember in the film that he's also manipulating stock. Um, he, ba he backed the Redditors um, and what they were doing, also said that the whole thing was about to implode and that anyone still invested right now is likely to lose money on Monday. Um, when the average Joe starts to, see, starts to get into the stock and get involved, that's when it's about to crash, he said. Um, the original Redditors are mostly already out. He suggested anyone who's made money should pull out their initial investment as soon as possible and just play with the house's money and you lose nothing. And that is the explanation of what's been going on this week. It will be very interesting to see what happens next week when the whole thing probably crashes. Amazing work, mate. Well done. I, <sighs> I was totally Yeah, that was better than what I could come up with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any questions? No. Um, are, you drinking, are, you, are you drinking champagne right now in a bubble bath? <laughs> I wish. Um, I, said, I said to Toby during the week, just ex explain it like I'm five years old and uh, I need to be told how to understand this in like, the simplest terms. And it's just, it's extraordinary how you managed to pull that off. So well done. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. 
I mean, it, it's it's a hell of a story, isn't it? It's it's quite extraordinary. Uh, I mean, they're talking about it like it's it's almost on the level of the financial crisis. Like it it will change the way finance works going forward. And you know, Reddit, of course, have got this uh, this real tribal mentality. They always has done. You know, if you're if you're in these Reddit groups, you sort of stick together. And there's this this idea that like you know the uh, they're kind of eating the rich, as they say. Yeah. And they've all made them. They've all made each other millionaires over the course of this last week or two. Yeah, it's completely insane. It makes you wonder: Should I have joined Reddit a long time ago? Maybe I should have. But it's crazy. I mean, yeah, we don't. This is obviously not something that we normally talk about. But the GameStop angle was interesting because GameStop is such a failing company, and it has been for so long. And suddenly, it's not because people found this loophole, and it's extraordinary that. It's it's managed to blow up the way it has. I mean, I was I saw like uh, Saturday Night Live did a sketch about it this week, and there's like Pete Davidson dressed up as a GameStop employee. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> and uh, it's yeah, it's it's very exciting to see what will happen if anything kind of comes from this now. But I'm not sure. I think the uh, the height of it is uh, is past now. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Greg, have you got any thoughts on this story? No. <laughs> no i mean uh, i tried i read about it and it seems like a very noble thing that people are trying to do to save GameStop and retail and all that kind of stuff but it sounds like there's going to be a bit of fallout from it mm. and uh when jordan belfort gets involved and you think damn i didn't realize he got himself involved and uh i was just like wow if he's got an opinion then um he obviously well he knew what he was doing at the time so it's quite funny that he's like, yeah, I, I'd try and be safe with it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like it's Toby's, almost the same so, thing he was doing. It's, yeah. it's almost like what he was doing in the film. Basically. Yeah, well, it's, it's like, um, again, to use another Leo film, um, Frank Abagnale, you know, he was really good at what he did, fooling the FBI and whatnot. So they gave him a position to, whoo, shit, to, um, sorry, I'm like Resident Evil 2 at the same time. <laughs> Should I do that again, whatever that was? <laughs> Did Mr. Sorry. X come out at yeah, the same yeah, moment? <laughs> I'm clearly focused. Sorry, I had it. I thought I had it paused. Um, sorry, but yeah, he's like, in the save room with you. No, he's he's in the West Office. And he just walked in the door, and I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> um, yeah, Frank Abagnale was a as a prime case of that. Like, isn't it great? There's a Leo movie for that was a Catch If You Can. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, he was a fraudster. And he obviously got caught and then they decided to give him because he was so good at it. They gave him, they do it with a couple of things as well. Like a couple of people have done it. Um, the, the one that Tom Cruise plays, the CIA agent guy dealing with cocaine. He was uh, American made. Yes. He was in a position of then, um, what's the word? Consultancy afterwards, stuff like that. Yeah. So if Jordan Belfort, you know, like I said, if he's obviously done the good, the bad and the absolute worst from it. And now he's like, advising then you know it's a big deal mm. but yeah I, toby's toby's suggestion before this was go and watch the big short and i'm like well no just a little bit of homework yeah <laughs> yeah it's good for a podcast don't be silly it's a bit of research for a weekly podcast eh? I, yeah. know, I know it is a great film though it will explain the financial crisis in a I've very been researching interesting um, way. and doing lots of cocaine <laughs> <laughs> that wolf of wall street is even better film yeah still haven't seen it still haven't oh, seen it you should see it. So it's good. Three hours long, isn't it? It is, but it's worth it. It's worth all of all it. Right, it is. You've got to take a lot of time out of your day to yeah. get to it, but it's very entertaining. Okay. 
explains the stock markets and things like that in a very, very minus Scorsese kind of way. Lots of swear words. Yeah. Yes. With lots, lots of swearing and lots of <coughs> nudity and stuff. Lots yeah. of naked Margot Robbie and Ooh. and uh, masturbating Jonah Hill. So, you know, it's a bit, a bit of this, bit of that, you know? Okay. <laughs> Tobes, now tell me, if you were in a situation to do so, would you have taken part in this? Do you think this is something that an average Joe would understand and just try and get involved in if they heard it sort of like through the grapevine? So I think what's what the issue with that is that if, if you were in the group and you were able to buy the stocks when they were low, yeah, you know, buy low, sell high, then you probably made loads of money out of this. The point, what they were doing was to try and get as much publicity as possible in order to get more and more and more and more people interested in doing it, which they've totally succeeded at doing. Um, that's when the average Joe gets on board and hears about it because they're not in that 3,000 odd group of Redditors. That's when it's starting to fall away already. That's when it's already starting to crash. So they think it's peaking. They get out. The Redditors have already got out. They've made their money. And I wouldn't want to get on now, that's for sure. If I was in the group originally, if I was in the in crowd right at the beginning, then then yeah, it makes sense to do it. If you're confident enough at, that you know how to use things like you know Robinhood and IG and things, which I'm I'm a amateur when it comes to this this kind of stuff, um, then yeah, it would been it would have been fun and probably interesting to do. And I I don't think they're stock manipulating either. I think they're they're just organising, you know. And it's no different to if a hedge fund did it to a different hedge fund, you know. They're still organising all of their staff to do a short position. Just like all of these staff are saying, let's all buy shares in this. You know, it, it's no different mm. to that. So I don't think they'll get in trouble in that respect. But the way they will get in trouble is that they've probably highlighted some stuff that the financial markets are now going to have to close those loopholes, make everything a little bit more, you know, above board. Um, and those things will no longer be possible to do in the same way. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, this is something that happens pretty much on a daily basis in Wall Street. This is all people do. Yeah. But it's uh, now it's... Uh... Now it's just a bunch of nerds doing it. Suddenly, uh, suddenly, wait, hang on a minute. No, stop, stop, stop. And when they're doing it maliciously to bankrupt your company, that's when you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know, what about GameStop and all this? Are they, are they going to, because GameStop, you know, like I said, have been not the most successful business for a long time now. Do you think that they're going to see any kind of success from this now? Or is it going to peter out very slowly again? I, I don't think that you can link... Um, the success of a business and what's happening here with GameStop. So the retail arm, you know, the actual business of GameStop, those shares at the moment and how much they're selling games and how much they're doing business is worth about $60 a share. Whereas during this process, everything's gone up to $300, $400 a share, right? That's not the, the realistic, you know, cost or price of those shares. And whether it goes up or down or up or down or whatever, no one's buying more games from GameStop. No one's doing more with GameStop. It's just shares. So it doesn't actually affect the retail business at all. They may get a sort of profit injection out of it if they owned some of those shares themselves and sold when they should have done. But that's only for the shareholders, if you see what I mean. It's not for you know, the average person using GameStop or, or running the business necessarily. So I, I doubt we'll see you know, a great big rallying of GameStop. No, I can't imagine we will, which is, which is a shame because kind of much like game over here, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of game as, as a retailer, but you know, there's not many of them left now. Wouldn't want it to go under though. No, no. I mean, I guess it must be difficult at the moment to be any kind of re- sort of physical retailer, but uh, 
I'm sure I'm sure this was fun for their CEO <laughs> this week. Yeah, and anyone in the business who owned shares, they probably made some profit, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. Let's move on. Uh, because in terms of buying things and retailers, you know, we heard that uh, Toby, Toby got a PS5 this week. Can you tell you that? Amazing. Whoop, whoop. Uh, but he, like I said, he was probably the only actual human in the UK that managed to do so because uh, the scalpers have once again been back on their bullshit, taking over these drops there's been a lot of content drops for ps5 the last uh, week or so in places like very argos and shop 2 and particularly in argos where scalpers managed to buy up all the stock of a single argos drop before the drop even happened and it's been quite an interesting week as to how that was possible and how argos are, what are doing to to stop this from happening because scalpers of course have been a real issue with in terms of getting people ps5s because they just get is getting away take them out sell them for a super high profit and it's uh getting frustrating this is why it's been tough for toby to get himself a ps5 because scalpers have just been in the way the entire time we've spent what every day since launch going toby there's a drop go and uh yeah and i'm toby grateful from, uh, <laughs> and greg sorry um, and it's only been this week that he's managed to get one. Uh, my friend Chris has been trying really hard as well. He's been jumping on every drop at the very same time and getting nowhere. And so it, it really is a massive luck of the draw that uh, Toby's even managed to get one, to be honest. Um, it must have been... <laughs> it was quite funny when you said, I'm checking the, the order page every day and the processing just to make sure that, it, that it's gone through because you just don't know, do you? <laughs> I checked my very account, yeah, every single day after it. But as I say, it only came it came like five days later, so it wasn't all that long. But I just was convinced it was going to get cancelled or something, or mm. just not suddenly was out of my basket or whatever. So um, we'll give uh, we'll give we'll give Toby a bit of a breather after the last the last topic. <laughs> we'll jump in shortly. Um, Greg, what do you think the answer is? How do you, um, how do people stop scalpers? And is it where where does the the lack of stock, is it retailers? Is it Sony? Where do you, where do you think it all lies? Fundamentally, it, it, people should stop buying them at double the cost from scalpers. But then I, I suppose the people that have got shitloads of disposable income or extra money saved up, they're not going to care, are they? Because they've got one. But ultimately, take away the demand and there won't be the supply. But then you can't blame people for wanting to buy something if there's one readily available for you. Like... Um, I nearly got one near launch when someone had ordered two because he was trying to do what Toby was doing and had all the tabs open and two went through and I, I would have paid, you know, an extra 50 quid or so just cash. There you go done. So I would have been part of the problem for a minimal amount, but then obviously there's people paying double, um, in terms of like the supply, I don't think you can really blame the manufacturers and we'll talk about Xbox as well, because that, it's not just a Sony thing. Obviously there's, there's a high demand for the Xbox uh, yeah, series, absolutely. but not as much because they are not as cool. But um, I think to have a console launch during a global pandemic is pretty decent so far. Like, could you imagine if they said, sorry, we can't release the next gen of consoles because of the ongoing crisis? Imagine the fucking head fit games would have if they had to wait another year. So I think to actually be able to supply some has been pretty admirable. But then you can't make more if you haven't got the resources or time or the staff to man these things, you know, like, it's not fair to put the onus on Sony and Microsoft and say, you should have made more of them because then they'll still just be getting bought up by scalpers. You know, if you 
give unfortunately when you've got companies um oh there's there's apps and i've forgotten the name of them they were tip my tongue a minute ago but yeah we get these notification apps that buy up all the stock and you've got like game and argos that don't have capture system like those fucking capture things that like i am not a robot they're in place to stop people doing stuff like that and the fact yeah. that argos and game don't have them on their website and you just want to be like what the fuck like massive oversight you think in in the two months since uh like the launch and now january when other stocks are coming in you think they would have implemented that nope if they're gonna let people walk out of the door like metaphorical door you know like but they're not a game would they care no of course they're not they're, they're gonna make their stock they're going to make their money back on the stock they've sold. So you could put the blame on them and say, put it in place, but then they're going to get their money either way. You know, Argos, whether they, they're supposed to drop at like 1am, weren't they? On a Monday, which is a weird yeah. time. But the fact that everyone bought them up on Sunday, Argos is going to go, all right, we've sold all our stock. Like we've guaranteed sold all our stock. They're not going to be mm-hmm. like, oh no, we're really sorry. Cause they're still making money out of it. You know, be it from one person like me trying to buy a single fucking console or, Jimmy Scroton buying 10 of them, you know, they're still going to make their money on those one or 10 consoles. I mean, where does the blame lie? You could say like, if Sony went right, we're not making any more until the scammers sell all their stock, then that's just dumb because then, you, then people mm. are going to buy them from the scammers because they'll have no other option to. Um, and the, you know, people online are going, oh, why don't Very or Argos or Game just have more stock? It doesn't matter if they've got three or 30 units. If people have got, programs in place to uh, snap them up straight away they're just going to automatically fill the criteria aren't they you know yeah people are going oh why doesn't game have 5,000 units instead of 500 because then if one scalper is buying five so 10 of them are buying 50 it's going to just be 100 of them buying but yeah all the stock at once it's not going to make any odds on that end it needs to be systems in place to stop people from doing that exact thing yeah, and that's that's where the issue is because Argos is such a, it's such a, it's a it's a huge company to not have those kind of things in place. It's not, like it's, it's not like it's unprecedented either. It's not like it wasn't. Yeah. Not like like you couldn't see this coming. Mm, it's not yeah, like exactly. the toy. It's not like the Toy Story boom of Buzz Lightyear toys or Furbies years ago. Like, oh, we didn't expect it to be this popular. Like, you knew this is going to be popular. Yeah, it was and like the, the, the Wii uh, drop years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Wii oh. was difficult to find for. But, well, nearly a year, wasn't it, before it yeah, came? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Quite, uh, quite easy to get hold of one. And, yeah, it's like you see all the companies going, the interest has been unprecedented. It's like, is it though? Of course it has, yeah. <laughs> but that's not human interest, is it? That's a program going, yes, I'll have all your stock, please. Thank you, bye. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not human-generated interest. That, that's an algorithmic interest. I mean, yes, there is a human interest element as well, because I'm interested. I really want one. Toby really wanted one the other day, and he got one. Boo. But, um... <laughs> Did Toby get a PS5? Yeah. Huh. But um, no, I'm over it now. Yeah, I'm not. But um, <laughs> yeah, like of course it's going to be interest because there is there are programs committed to knowing when that stock comes in to be interested in it. It's not like people are going to be like, oh, I might get one. Uh, see how I feel. I'll get one a payday. There are systems in place to snatch them up straight away. So of course the interest is going to be there. That's a really stupid thing to say. Oh, we didn't expect them to sell this quickly. All right, did you have anything to stop them buying ten at once? Um. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there is a lot of things at play. I think you know, the, the pandemic has stopped us going. And physically buying them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just walking into stores and walking out with one. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no like, oh, I couldn't get one online. So I'll pop in town and see if I can get one. Did you hear about the, um, 
the Japanese store that had them physically to, uh, yesterday. Yep. Just yeah, went completely okay. nuts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, some of the pictures I've seen are like Black Friday, just gone, com- it gone to the next level. Um, there are people stealing them off of children. There are police were called. Everything is great. They're, they're such an honourable, polite country. I know, and yet, um, and yet that, and yet, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like supermarkets have dropped their console focus. I never everyone used. To, I know, like people used to say that it's bad that supermarkets are getting involved in this kind of stuff. I never had an issue with it. But yeah, you can't walk into an essential supermarket now and buy a console, which is a pain in the ass. So um, yeah. I don't know where the, the route lies, but it's a joint problem that companies need to sort their shit out and specifically online retailers need to put better measures in place for this kind of thing that keeps fucking happening. But then yeah. this feign, this feign, oh, we didn't realize there'd be that much interest in them. Really? Do you not read the news? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's crazy. And it's going to be like this for ages until... Yeah. I don't. I can't anticipate unless I'm lucky. Like I said, Toby was fortunate enough to sit there and be able to sit and... and you know, like wait and click. I was at work. I didn't have that option. Um, and it's just going to be another year. Like I'm resigning myself. The same with festivals this year. I'm just resigning myself to fuck it. See what happens when it comes up kind of thing. Yeah. I'll become apathetic. Mm. <laughs> I know, I know yeah. I'll get one eventually. It happens, it happens. I know I'll get one eventually. Yeah, that's it. I'll get one. Of, I know I will get one at some point, but at the moment yeah. it's just like, eh. I'm lucky to get one on a drop. Fine. If not, oh well. Well, we'll always keep an eye out and see oh, what the situation is. If you want to buy me one? That'd be great. Okay, man. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah <laughs> that's cool. I don't need to pay rent this month. That'd be nah, fine. That'd be right. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess the question is, Toby, how did you, how did you do it? Is it just <laughs> sheer? It was just. I, I can only put it down to absolute luck. The same way that Paul got his. Um, I think Very have got a slightly better system than the ones that Greg's been describing. Um, I think Argos were clearly. A terrible system curries has had a terrible system um game games one was all right but you had you know once you were in that queue you probably weren't going to get one anyway um and then yeah very was just once it's in your basket it was kind of yours it just didn't I, I never had anything where i wasn't able to get it in the basket um i think if i can if i can give a tip to everyone is that when this will work on game and uh, very they have more than one bundle right so if you go for the console only bundle, the cheapest bundle, that's the one that goes first. So that's the one where you've got less time to actually then get it in your basket and go through the rest of the stuff you've got to do to get your address in and your contact details and all that stuff and your credit card. The I went for immediately because I've been doing it a number of times. Go for the one that's got the most bullshit on top. Right. And you're, that's the one. So you're saying that the, the stock is allocated. The bundles are separately allocated stock. Yes, they are on game and they are on very. Right, okay. But they aren't necessarily everywhere else. So when if you're on game and you go for one of the ones with a stupid T-shirt attached to it and you know an extra controller and a game, those ones will last just a little tiny bit longer. And on very, there was uh, one console by itself, console with a con- with a controller, and a controller and Spider-Man. Right. So I went Im- immediately for the third option, which was you know ninety quid extra or whatever. Um, but that meant I had, I reckon, another minute or two on everyone else. See what I mean? So that's my tip. Um, but that's that's all I can really say. Otherwise, it was just luck. Um, the I, I would have to agree with almost everything Greg said. The only thing I would add is that um, there was the Scottish Parliament over the course of this week were um, 
debating, or at least they're going to start debating the practice of um, of scalping in a similar way to how scalpers aren't allowed to buy um, gig tickets and then sell them on. So they want to clamp down on, you know, doing it with with high demand items and electronics. Mm. So it would be a thing where, you know, like you go on Ticketmaster, you can't buy loads and loads of copies of tickets. I mean, even now, even now, it doesn't matter that that's in in, in place. Gigs still sell out in in really, really record time, but they used to sell out in seconds, you know. Now they at least sell out in 20 minutes. Do you know what I mean? And you've got a chance. Um, whereas... That's not happening with the with the PlayStations. There, you know, there was four minutes on Very. I'm I'm convinced there was four minutes. The only reason I carried on for another five was because I had it in my basket. You know that. So, and I managed to not be able to sign in like three times to the stupid account. Um, so some somewhere someone was looking down on me. Very happy with that. Um, but yeah, that's. I, I would just say that it's hopefully that's quite a big statement from you mr agnostic <laughs> i was just thinking that as i was saying it do you want to copy, do you want to um, cut that out yeah. i um i so he's just rene- uh, renewed his faith because he got ps5 <laughs> this week i just th- i was thinking as i was saying it, I was like i don't believe that um <laughs> i don't believe the shit that just came out of my mouth anyway the, the, the point i was making is that um yeah there may be legislation in future that um that might protect this but it's not going to be for some years down the line probably yeah mm. My favorite bit of this week was you going, I think I've got one. <laughs> I think it's processed. Hmm. It's giving me all these like really <laughs> encouraging messages. And I was like, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and I will uh, take that point whenever you're in Thornton. Yeah, no worries. Very exciting. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's our advice. Very uh, consumer advice there on the podcast. That doesn't happen very often. How about that? Just keep trying, I guess, is the idea. I think um, a lot of the sites have been doing 1 a.m. drops, uh, like we mentioned, uh, Shop2. Uh, Shop2 are awful. Their, their website crashes almost immediately if you even attempt to go on there. Um, it really is luck of the draw. So if you're still trying, uh, good luck. Enjoy. Uh, one, one extra thing is I'm out of the race. So everyone who's still <laughs> trying, uh, there's one less person trying against you right now. Yeah. If you are still trying... Amazon seems to have steady stock of the Xbox Series S. So that might be an option temporarily if you're looking for a, a way to get into next gen. But yeah, Toby's out. So yeah, you've got more chance now because he was on every single drop like a hawk. And now he's not. So good luck. What you should have done, Toby, was pre-order in in uh, you know, July like I did. Oh yeah, I absolutely I should have done that. I was just <laughs> an incredible amount of... Um silliness not doing that yeah yeah that was also a very lucky thing yeah it is just serious if you manage to get one at all i think it is just luck more than anything right now um as long as you're not paying over the odds for scalpers on ebay uh which have ranged from what i've seen some of some are, are buying are selling them at cost which is amazing but they've got like two stars on their ebay profiles so it's risky yeah, they they. I tried to go on eBay just just before I managed to get it on Monday. I was looking at eBay and I, I offered uh, two guys who had the, the, it down as five hundred quid, right? I offered them the five hundred. They then said I've had offers of seven hundred and fifty. I'm <laughs> like, so you've got it on there for five hundred. And you think so? That, you, so no, that, you haven't. Yeah, but it, it's no on there for five hundred, and they're not. But they're not selling it. It's just to get interest, and they're not yeah. actually going to sell it until they get eight hundred quid or whatever. Or they, or they haven't got one. But yeah, like or they haven't say, even got one. Yeah. Sure yeah. But to put it up for, for 500, go, I, no one's going to go, 500 pounds, what I'm going to do is say 750 and I'll have it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Not, that's bullshit. That's to, well, make the, you go, that's to make you go, I'll give you 800 now. 
the um the street price at the moment was uh, reported at 750 pounds for yeah, the playstation 5 disc edition yeah i'm not paying through i want disc because it will benefit me in the long run because i've still got my ps4 games but i'm not paying 300 pound extra for the privilege of keeping my playstation games no i agree with you i was no, only absolutely. prepared to pay about 50 quid extra that's yeah all. yeah yeah no. I mean, fair enough. If you're selling it at cost, then fine. That just might be because you've got duplicate or you are just doing a good deed by buying Decent. 10. Yeah, yeah. Buying 10 and selling them at cost price because then you're not profiting. You're just insuring the stock for people. That's, that, that's Robin Hooding. It's not really robbing them, is it? But that's like you're securing the stock so you can sell them to people you know and you have to worry about postage and all that kind of shit. Then, yeah, that's, that is a compromise. Fine. But when it's the, hmm, 300 quid, you know, like, 100% inflation that is that's bullshit yep I'm clearly very annoyed because I haven't got, you got have you got any other opinion on this Ross uh, I mean it's just a case of there's no way this is going to end until people have you the know, right a normal amount of stock yeah I mean until until Greg can you know on his day off go to game or go to yeah. go to you know then and go excuse me can I have that PS5 please and they go okay, yes of so, course absolutely here yeah, when, when there's when there's readily readily available amounts of stock, then demand will drop because it'll be available. And then scalpers will go, "Oh shit, I can't sell them at this price." So then yeah. they might even start undercutting just to get rid of them. But um, that'll be the day. But yeah, it's just because there's no demand from supplier. Sorry, because there's no stock from the supplier. Then that's when people are capitalizing on this whole the inherent greed of people that are willing to pay the extra money for them, and that's. Uh, you know, one part of the problem because money bags, people can go like, oh yeah, fine, fuck it, I'll drop eight hundred quid because I've got one. Yeah, but then everyone else can't. Yeah, and scalpers can't really get into physical, uh, physical brick, brick and mortar shops unless yeah. they all stand outside at like nine a.m. and just running before you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. No, not in the middle of a pandemic. No, no, that would be uh, that would be quite grim. You could go to CEX and buy one for eight hundred pounds. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. CX their prices, man, on on demand stuff. I saw a copy, like I was said before, like Sui Coden Two is one of my favorite RPGs. But I remember seeing a second-hand copy of one of their stores for like 115 pound, and I'm like, <laughs> that's eBay price. Don't be stupid. Yeah. And uh, um, Rival Schools, we talked about it the other week. Rival Schools is a beat 'em up, and there was a second one on the Dreamcast called Project Justice, and yeah, they wanted like 130 quid for that, and I'm like, no. Yeah, no, that's just crazy is, money. They're, they're they're paying over the odds for PS5s at this point. Mm. If you want to buy, them, if you want to sell one, I've seen control. Yeah. I've seen a lot of controllers in there in the talking. Well, even just the talking one, because obviously people are buying bundles of the second controller. <laughs> that's what, that's what I did. <laughs> I've yeah. got an extra yeah. controller now. I mean, yeah, but you've got a wife who can maybe occasionally play a game with you. If like someone like me, she, who's, she played Astro's Playroom today. There we go. Yeah. yeah, but if you've got someone like me who's just got myself, then I don't need a second controller. So I suppose people are going to. Buy a bundle and then get 30, 40 quid cash back on controller, which isn't inherently a terrible problem. That's just as it is. That's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's getting a secondary item you don't want and then making a bit of, you know, not profit, but breaking even on it. Yeah. Yeah, but a second controller is always handy. I wouldn't get rid yeah. of mine if I have one. Yeah, you can play Time Crisis with it and use it as a pedal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> bring, bring back that. Bring back Time Crisis with a pedal. Uh, tell us, oh, what's crisis in VR? Sorry. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. Um, what's your opinion on the uh, DualSense? Are you enjoying the hapticness of the uh, Astro's Playroom? 
I wonder if I've got a strange opinion on this. I think no. <laughs> so. I would hesitate to call that haptic feedback. Um, it's it's definitely got far more rumble capabilities than any previous controller. And I really like when Astro is walking along, you can tell he's walking on glass or metal or grass or something soft or whatever. That's really clever and I like it. However, it is still just rumbling, right? It's just rumbling in lots of different ways. So I <laughs> I think they're they're doing a good good bit of marketing there by calling that haptic feedback. Um, I like the triggers a lot more than I like the haptic feedback. The triggers are cool and they really do exactly what they told that they told me they would do. So, you know, you, you're pressing them and they give you, you know, they, they give you resistance, don't they? Um, and that's, that's something I hope is used in a number of, you know, shooters and, and, you know, vehicle based games going forward. Cause that's, that's an interesting mechanic, but um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sold on the haptic feedback. Um, touchpad is better than it was. Um, the whole thing feels better than it was. I like it. But yeah, just that one bit is sort of maybe someone being overzealous with the marketing. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you um, have you played anything backwards compatibility yet? Um, I've played Sekiro on there. Oh, yeah, obviously. I, you have, yeah. um, I didn't really notice a massive difference, um, although it did crash on me. <laughs> 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 it, it, it never crashed on the PS4 and it crashed on the PS5. So I was like, okay. It's a good start. Yeah. And um, that's all though. That's all I've played so far. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure you deserve a PS5 with that idea. <laughs> I love the triggers, all right? <laughs> Ross likes the burr. <laughs> I do. I love I like, the burr. I, I, like the, I like the rumble, but I just, yeah. If they'd said, you know when, they, when you first got the Shock and it was like, it's going to rumble, it's going to do all the amazing rumbling things, and it just goes, and that's all it does. <laughs> and you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> See, then, I'm, I'm, then, kind of, I'm kind of more with it because um, I don't mind the PS4 uh, feedback, but I've got an Xbox controller as well. And with a lot of Xbox games, I have to turn the vibration off because it's so dramatic. I don't know if you find it, Toad, with yours sometimes. Yeah, yeah sometimes. The Xbox controller yeah. is meant to be this haptic thing as well. And I know Xbox's problem is they spend way too much money and time on controllers than they do, um, you know, exclusives. But, um, yeah, like, sometimes the vibration, on I just turn it, like, minimal or off with Xbox stuff, because it's just like, oh, you've tripped over a curb. Earthquake simulator in your palms! Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is definitely much more nuanced and clever than that. But it's... Um, but yeah, it is still a rumble pack at the end of the day. Bring back those backpacks that vibrate. I like the ones that you put in the back of the M64 oh, uh, controller. Back, yeah. The rumble pack on there, that was great. Oh, those were the days. Oh, well, maybe you shouldn't have a PS5 though. That's right. if, you're <laughs> appre- if you're not going to appreciate it, then just... If you're not going to appreciate every single thing in it. Yeah, just pass it on to Greg. I was, I was going to say, I wonder if Ross sleeps with his controller every night. But what I meant was the thought wow. of you like cuddling up to it like a teddy, not in the literal sense that people come to expect us to twist things in. <laughs> well, I remember playing Astro for the first time and being, you know, hugely impressed with what was possible with this thing. The thing is, but um, you know, sorry, I'll let you finish. What you're not say. many other games have uh, have jumped onto it so far. But I wonder if I need to see it. Yeah, do do something amazing. I need to see it do something amazing. Whereas it was mostly materials that you walk across in um, in Astro. The thing yeah. is, for all my protestations about not having one. I was, I was thinking this the other day, like, I think I, at the moment, I kind of want one for the sake of wanting one. And when I thought about it, I thought there's nothing like I'm hearing mixed things about Demon Souls and it doesn't sound as fun as it. Like that was the, the, the tester for what became the Souls type template. And I'm, I'm thinking, I didn't like the PS3 version. So I don't know if I want that other than for the sake of having it. And Miles Morales, I don't want to pay 60 quid for, or I know it's a bit cheaper than some of the other games, but it's more or less an expansion. And I've played 
Spider-Man 2018 to death. And I'm like, I'm kind of getting fatigue. So I don't want to pay 55, 60 quid for a, an expansion of a game I've already rinsed. So at the moment, I'm thinking, much as I want a console, I want that particular console, I don't think there's anything on there that I immediately want to go with it. And if I'm just buying it for my PS4 games, then I'm pretty happy with what I've got so far because I haven't got a better TV. It's still running 4K, so I'm not too terribly upset. I mean, yeah, if one came out tomorrow and said, do you want to buy one? I'd be like, yeah, fine. You know, if, if a drop yeah. was it tomorrow, I'd probably be trying to click it. But at the moment, I realize like I don't really need it. There's no killer app or killer IP that's made me go, I must have this now. Well, you this, uh, are you I telling think... me you don't want Destruction of oh, no, Stars this week? Uh, oh, no, I don't. <laughs> and like Maneater is the free game for uh, PS5 ne- uh, for February on Plus. And that's really uh, cool. It's, it's a very good the, game. Uh, it's the current one, isn't it? It's uh, Distressional it? Stars this February. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. This month is Maneater. Yeah. Um, but then I've got the Xbox version because I reviewed it. So I don't necessarily need that game on PS5. So there's nothing that's making me like, I haven't got, I, mean, I know we all had console FOMO when we couldn't get one. But now I'm like, I haven't got, I, I, I feel like I'm missing out a little bit, but I haven't got like proper fear of missing out. Does that make sense? What does excite me is demon souls on your tv i imagine it's gonna look pretty stunning yeah but even that, will, like, mine's, a, mine's a couple years old now my tv so like yeah but you found the game mode <laughs> oh yeah there's that help me beat sekiro yeah i mean yeah I, I do want demon souls i probably will get it when it goes down in price but then i'm not in a in a rush to pay 70 quid for it i think some of the rush that i was having was that some games were coming out on ps5 that i did think were killer apps so mm-hmm. Um, I needed one in my in my opinion. I needed one by March because yeah. um, I want to play Kenner Bridge of Spirits. So yeah, I want I want Cyberpunk to be tippy top and running on yeah, PS5. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd love to ha- I would love to have had a PS5 in time for the new Cyberpunk, but that's much later in the year. But yeah, there's there's a couple of things where you're like, I do need a PS5 by that point. So I'm glad I've got one because of that, and I can now play them. You know, as and when they come out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, up to that point, up till March, I, I, there wasn't anything that I was thinking this is the killer point. And it has to buy one. It was a damn shame Bugsnax was cross uh, cross generation, really. So I don't care for Bugsnax. I'm going to miss that anyway. <laughs> I know you're daft. <laughs> daft that was. I, I've never I've never claimed one through the app, and I could have done that. So funny enough, my mate Jim texted me earlier and said, "Did you know about this um, through the app thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah," but it, it surprises me that a lot of people don't. Mm. I suppose we better tell people in case they know they know what we're talking about. Yeah, if you've got the PlayStation app on your smartphone, smart device, whatever and your account is tied to it, you can redeem free games for PS4 and PS5 that are on Plus, even if you don't have the console readily to hand. So don't feel like you're missing out on PS5 games because you can preemptively buy them and they'll be in your library for when you do get your PS5. So yeah, don't feel like, don't miss out on something like Manny's or Destruction or Stars or that kind of thing. Absolutely. Or bug snacks, but it's too late for that one. Or would you be Fuck like Toby bug without bug snacks? It sounds like a charity advert <laughs> don't miss out on bug snacks like toby like, did that's all like a black screen of just like sad violin music of like, yeah toby didn't would know you would you give one out. pound a month to get toby bug snacks you know there's a you know those adverts when it's like the the, the jml style adverts when like is your pen <laughs> causing wrist cramps and you get that hyper exaggerated like ah my wrist and it's like yeah. try this you know just like toby like slapping his forehead like oh i can't believe i missed out <laughs> i think we need to use the um patreon Get me bug snacks. I'm buying you a game because you missed <laughs> out. 
<laughs> you had you had three months to get bug snacks. Yeah. I know, I know. And I just use, wasn't can aware. The, can we use the kitty to buy Toby a game that he didn't realise he could down he could uh, redeem? No. Oh dear, I'm terribly sorry. No. No. Poor Tobe and his <laughs> lack of Bugsnacks, but his shiny new PS5. Yeah. I'm okay. I think I'm seriously going to be fine without playing Bugsnacks. I do. I want someone to just spoil the ending for me, though, so I can know what the hell happened. You want someone to spoil Bugsnacks for I just want someone to spoil it. I can't find a video <laughs> that just spoils really the end. Awesome. <laughs> someone spoil this game for me. Yeah, I still, I'm, I'm still yet to start it. I don't know. <laughs> it's... Oh. I've had, it, copy then. I, I've had it before day one and I'm still yet to, yet to play it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Sean tells me the ending is really bleak. So Exactly, I just want to know what that is. I want to know so, if they all turned then, into snacks and died. And God, it's a Soulsborne after all. And then they were bought up by the fast food industry and turned into <laughs> McDonald's fruit salads. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I do want to hear Roger Craig Smith's um, take on a burger. I think he's a burger. Or something else. Yeah, we're seeing as he stopped his other franchise. Segway. Yeah, segue. Yep. It kind of um, loses the momentum when you say segue. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that stops but it dead. There's no organic flow when you have to say like next paragraph. Yeah, yeah just yeah, we've we've been off topic for ages, so I was yeah. just trying to slowly get it back. But yeah, final topic of the week is um Mr. Roger Craig Smith is no longer the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. This is very quickly um this is kind of a, a personal one that I wanted to drop in because yeah, it's kind of sad, really. Sega have uh, kicked Roger Craig Smith out of the Red Sonic shoes after 10 years. And yeah, it's kind of strange. It would appear that Sega are going in a very different direction for whatever they have planned for Sonic next. And uh, yeah, Roger Craig Smith put up a, a tweet this week saying, uh, well, 10 years was an amazing run on Woods and New Zones. Much love to the fans who've been so kind. It's been an honor. And Sega confirmed it a, a few hours later. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of sad, really. I mean, we've been very lucky. If you've been following us since uh, the PS Gamer days, uh, Roger Craig Smith has been on the podcast three times. We did two with him when New Sonic Games came out, and then I did a. I sat down with him for an hour and a half and talked about Etsy Auditory, which is absolutely amazing. One of the favorite, one of the best things I've ever done. And uh, look out for that on YouTube. I'll put a link in the description if you really want to listen to it. It's really, really cool. But he's, um, yeah, he's a really, really awesome guy. And yeah, he seemed quite sad about it. And I'm sure, you know, being, he didn't leave. He got kicked by Sega, which kind of sucks. But, you know, there's something going on in the world of Sonic. And we haven't heard about any new Sonic games yet. But something is happening. And yeah, I just want to say salute to you, Mr. Roger Craig Smith, because you've been an absolutely fantastic uh, stalwart for Sonic, a real custodian of the character and my favourite Sonic voice of all time, without he, a shadow he, of a doubt. He's after the era of the whole, like, gotta go fast, Sonic, isn't he? He's like the yes. more grounded Sonic. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I wouldn't want him tarnished with the whole, like, he tells woo! And it's just like, oh, shut up. <laughs> his, um, his first one was, it was around about the era of Sonic Generations, maybe? Oh, okay. Yeah. That was so, that was when they like tried to redeem Sonic after things like Unleashed and Sonic 06 and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Redeem Sonic after the terrible things that Sonic yeah. did. Yeah, he was... Like, uh... Sonic Generations was like, hey, remember when we were cool with these 2D levels? Please, please, validate us. Yeah, I mean, he was he was the voice of Sonic during the Sonic Boom era, which the game is awful. Cartoon's hilarious. But the cartoon is fantastic. It's, it's like it's almost like Phineas and Ferb and, um, and like uh, Amazing World of Gumball. It's a kid's show, but some of the humor in it is just like, ah, I get that. That's an innuendo. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, there's some very, it's very, it's very meta and it's very mm. funny. 
And uh, yeah, I think there's only three seasons of that around now, but you can find it on Netflix, possibly. I'm not sure. And if you want um, an entertaining look at, I'm obviously like cross selling this kind of thing, but if you want an entertaining look at Sonic Boom without playing it, um, I watch a lot of Game Grumps and their playthrough is quite funny. But it's got, because they, they record it in seven episode chunks, and episode eight is the editor going, This game is a mess. Like, watch this frame by frame of like, Look, they're here. And then suddenly they're like, six frames ahead and they're running into their own it's like a relay but sonic's running into himself or his next runoff point in the cutscene, and he's just like this is awful like someone made this <laughs> yeah yeah it was a uh, wii exclusive or a wii u exclusive and uh yeah because it was, it was there a was a there was a ds game as well wasn't there it was rise of lyric was the wii one and then there was a another hand oh yeah there was a type there? game Ooh. yeah yes yeah. Sonic has always needed a, re- a bit of a reinvention in terms of the games. Well, Are we looking at, forward to a dark, Mania, gritty... Like... Oh, sorry. <laughs> reboot Sonic. Oh, Are we yeah. looking forward to a, yeah, like a dark, Shadow, gritty reboot of, of Sonic? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting Oh, at. God, Shadow was terrible. Son- uh... <laughs> Shadow, Shadow with his Uzi. But Sonic Mania was awesome. Yeah, that, that was what people... That, yeah. Surely the, the, the writing was on the wall with that. The proof yeah. was in the pudding. People wanted that. And then they were like, oh, here's Sonic... Um, what were the other ones? Sonic Forces. Sonic Forces, Everyone yeah. Went, no! Yeah. Oh, but you can but, make your own character. Oh, good. I can make my own Sonic fan art. I'm okay. <laughs> make your own first, fairy. In the, in the yeah. first out. Yeah, you... I suppose you, you went all over that. Don't you love Sonic <laughs> Forces? I don't know why you haven't played it. Gotta get weird. Yeah. In the first in the first hour of Sonic Forces, there's an apocalypse and Sonic is tortured for an hour. It's like, fuck me. So this is very not... torture porn. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, <laughs> it's like all, of, all of Toby's kinks all in one. <laughs> there may be uh, just too many kinks they... in that one. <laughs> why, why, why are we talking about... Him, yeah. One too many. About, we're talking about Toby's kinks for the second week in a row. Oh, that, damn I, think, it. <laughs> I think this is just therapy for Toby, isn't it? Yeah. If I get it all out now, then... No, don't get it I out. Don't harm, I don't harm people. <laughs> Yeah, you mean you do what you want, man. It's your it's your life, but jeez, give it to yourself, um, you weirdo. Yeah, jeez, but yeah, um, <laughs> something Roger Gray Smith, what a legend, and uh, yeah, of course he's also Ezio in Assassin's Creed and Mirage and Apex Legends, and you know he's Chris Redfield in the Resident Evil series uh, back in the day, uh, Batman in Arkham Origins, so you know he's got pedigree, and I can't wait to see what he does next. But yeah, thanks Roger Gray Smith for your sonicness. It's been awesome. Wait, wait. But, oh, was he? Oh, Arkham Origins, the spinoff one. Yeah, because it's Kevin yeah. Conroy doing. Yeah, got you. Sorry. Uh, yeah, he does a great impression of Kevin Conroy, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> essentially, where, alongside Troy's um, version of Hamill's Joker. Yes. So yeah, all, all awesome stuff. So yeah, we'll see what happens next with Sonic. I mean, God knows what's what's going on here. There's, there's a Netflix series incoming, I believe. Uh, there's a sequel coming to the movie. Of obviously, that's not Roger Chris Smith. That's Ben Schwartz. But uh, yeah. Exciting times if you're a Sonic fan. But yeah, just on, just wanted to very quickly look back and say, you know, what a, what a legend. And uh, looking forward to what happened, whatever happens next. Uh, right then, very quickly, on the day we're recording this, it is 24 years since Final Fantasy VII released to the day. Oh, amazing. Is it any good? Yeah. yeah. I mean, apparently there's like this top-down weird version that came out a while back. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, the version that came out last year is really good. And then someone released a weird top-down blocky version of it. Very strange. It's a bit longer as well. Loads more content in that one. Uh, but so, how yeah. many years? 25? 24. 24. 24. 
Do you think there'll be a 25-year celebration next year? No, they keep... Just no. I mean, unless they... Unless part two of the new one comes out around then. They'll announce the remake is including Crisis Core and all that stuff before Crisis and things. Yeah. Because they've, like... they've, pa- they've patented um, or, or, or registered, um, whatever it is that you do with trademark, trademarks, um, the Before Crisis and Crisis Core and a number of other things like the Shinra logo and such yeah. just recently. That's probably mm. more to do with like fleshing out Zach and Vincent's story, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if Vincent's going to be an actual integral character now. Oh yeah, D- Dirge of Cerberus. That was it. Wasn't yeah, it? Dirge of Cerberus, and because you don't have to recruit Vincent or Yuffie, do you? Nope. So I wonder if they'll get fleshed out actual integrated stories this time. Well, Yuffie has a very fleshed out story. Just no, no, to, I, I you mean, just have to get her. Actually, yeah. I mean, so I wonder if they'll technically, I, wonder, I suppose, but yeah, a little he bit is less. He's another byproduct of Hojo, isn't he? Yeah, and Lucretia and things. Yeah, Lucrezia, and it's just like. Yeah, but I mean, do you think they'll actually have them integral to the story? Or yeah, for sure. You reckon? Yeah, or because because they might the they might do something it. funny. They might do something funny with Red Thirteen because they've made him so he's not playable in the first one, haven't they? So I don't know whether he'll be playable in the next one. Um, but I don't think they'll get away with you know forgetting about a particular character at all. There's just no way they're going to do it. They'd have to include Yuffie. She's a fan favorite. Vincent is as well. Well, it's already a weird parallel future storyline thing, isn't it? Less people care about Sid, and he's like, you know, Who? he's a main oh, yeah. character. Yeah, he's an abusive asshole. I remember reading it again recently. <laughs> it's just like, wow, he is a massive dick. He is. He's really terrible to his wife. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but wow. um, so uh, hopefully they maybe change that just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I can't see them getting rid of them. I, hopefully they uh, do some kind of. Even if if we don't get any um, new trailers for part two this year. I reckon the 25th anniversary will suddenly get hit with like, you know, this is the part two. This is the, this is the spin-off stuff that's going with it. This is a re-release of Dirge of Cerberus, you know, whatever, something crazy. Mm. Cool. Uh, there's uh, talks of a enhanced version coming to PS5 uh, very soon. There is. Alongside the, um, once it's off the console exclusivity, alongside the Xbox One version. So uh, yeah, that could be a thing that's happening. I don't think it's going to be a free upgrade. I think it's going to be just a proper sort of purchase enhanced Deluxe version. Yeah. yeah. Like what's been We're talked about. We're going to see that with, with a lot of games, aren't we? Yeah. Like what's been talked about with Death Stranding and The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, well, Seven was, it was last year, wasn't it? So yeah. it wasn't that long ago. So it, it, we kind of suck if we have to shell out for it again. But uh, we'll see. So yeah, I just, wanted, I just wanted to drop that in. It was uh, yeah. not the same day that we're recording. So, uh, Hooray! We talk about Final Fantasy VII got a fair bit on this podcast. So. It did, yeah. It was. And uh, yeah, I only got into it from the remake and I loved it. So very excited for part two in 2027, whenever it's going to be. Uh, right then, well, that's it. Um, as I said, uh, the quiz and the indie corner, all that will come out next week and we're all back together. Uh, so we'll just finish off with out this week with Mr. Toby Anderson. He's got a PS5. He has indeed. Um, and he's ready this time. Hey! So- <laughs> so uh, we're recording this on the 31st going live on the 1st so I'll start with the 1st of February um, but there's nothing coming out so it's the 2nd of February um, first of all is the Control um, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X editions uh, that we've uh, that we've been talking about um, Then, and that's kind of it for February the 2nd February the 3rd is a shmup that uh, Sean is re- reviewing uh, called Habroxia 2 coming to PS4 and Switch 
and then on February 4th, they've got a few more games coming out on that day. So um, a game called Blue Fire coming to Switch and PC. Uh, an indie game called Nuts, which is one that Sean's very interested in, where you um, sort of spy on squirrels. That's coming to PC and Switch. Uh, Werewolf, The Apocalypse, Earthblood, which I know we've got a review coming for that. Um, and Roscoe's been playing. Thanks, Roscoe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's coming to PC and PS4. Do you know if it's coming anywhere else? Uh, 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 next. Carry on. Oh, yeah. Xbox One, Series X. PC and PS5. Everything. It's coming to everything. Um, then we've got uh, Haven coming to PS4 and Switch. After that one was um, only available, what, the 3rd of December, I think it was, on, on, on the uh, other platforms. Then yeah. a game called Grey Skies, A War of the Worlds Story coming to Switch. Uh, and then on February the 5th, uh, another game that uh, Sean's interested in, a bunch of indies for Sean at the moment, uh, Arog. A-R-R-O-G, Arog, coming to PlayStation 5 and PS4 and uh, Steam. Then Neo 2 and Neo 1 as part of the Neo Collection are coming to PS5 on February 5th. And the game that I was reviewing this week uh, as well, East 9 Monstrum Nox, comes to PS4. Um, and there's a Switch version coming later in the year, like six months later. Um, and that's uh, for PS4 coming out on February the 5th. And then last game is uh, on February the 6th, so five, uh, six days from today, uh, no, four days from uh, when this goes live, Monkey Barrels coming to Steam. And that's the last one. Great. Not a bad week. Not a bad week. Some good ones in there. Yeah, the first week of uh, the year that's a bit uh, stacked in a, in, a, in a kind of way. Yeah. Um, looking forward to trying out Destruction All-Stars this week. Uh, I would say, I suppose, Destruction All-Stars should go on that list, shouldn't it? Because it doesn't come up on here. Yeah, it does, it does officially release on Tuesday with the PS Plus drop. So, yeah. Now you've got a PS5. We can get into that this week. That'd be Give cool. It Give it a blast. Um, but yeah, cheers, Tops. No worries. Oh, Werewolf. I can't wait to talk about it. Next week. Oh, Yeah, next week. It is, <laughs> is going to go off. Can't wait. Right. Uh, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening to this uh so just kind of uh, just kind of mini fingers podcast. I say mini. We've been going for an hour and twenty minutes, but uh, <laughs> thank you very small, much. The indeed. small hand this week, indeed, indeed, it always happens. But uh, yeah, there's actually been a fair bit to talk about this week, so it's been a uh, it's been a lot of fun. Don't forget to follow us on our various social medias. You can find them in the link tree in the description below. You can follow us individually on Twitter. Find our handles in the description, except for Toby, of course, who's smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do. Why not join our Patreon for $1 a month? You can support this podcast, keep it on live on its podcast hosting services and keep the website all nice and shiny. But that's it. Thank you very much indeed for listening. It is goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Bye. Wow. <laughs> goodbye from Toby Anderson. Sayonara. And goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. <laughs>